Rhythms. We're talking about sacred rhythms. There are some sacred rib- rhythms that we have, and it's kind of interesting that we all have our own rhythms, right? Uh, we have human rhythms, rhythms that fit our personality. There are some rhythms that are quirky, like to just us specifically, right? And uh, mine are pretty much normal rhythms, but my wife's rhythms are really strange. Especially when it comes to the kitchen, right? And um, no, so we have different approaches to cooking. My wife has a very serious rhythm of when she takes something out of the refrigerator, she closes the door and then puts it on the counter, uses it, and then puts it back. And she stirs in a bowl. She takes a spoon, rinses it off, and puts it in the sink. And as she is cutting things and doing different things, she's cleaning up as she goes. So that when we sit down to the table, the two plates go on the table, and we sit down and eat, and basically everything's clean, ready to go. I know that most of you can't relate to that. Is that true? How many can relate to her? Maybe some of you can relate to me. My rhythm is that I take, I open up the refrigerator. I keep both doors wide open. I look around, see what's in there. And then I think, okay, I think I'll eat this. And I pull it out and put it on the counter. And then I go back and I look at it a little bit. And then I cut a few things up. And and then I go put it back into the refrigerator or I take something else out. And she's like going, can you shut the refrigerator door? And I'm like, why? I'm going back and forth. I'm, it doesn't matter. Right? I have a rhythm. There's a rhythm here. I'm trying to conserve my energy. And I don't want to have to go back and forth and shut the door. Right? So, as I'm cooking, I have stuff everywhere. And when I sit down to eat, the stuff is everywhere. Because I'll clean it up when it's all done. I don't want my food to go cold. So I'm going to sit down and eat it. This is the way I have a rhythm. Now, most of you can relate to that, can't you? A few. One, two, three, four, five. I remember when I had a bunch of guys over. We have a pizza oven in our backyard, and and we were making pizza. And I had all the toppings for every kind of pizza you could ever imagine. We were doing it in the house. My wife was gone. I was free. And... (laughs) And I can do it any way I want. I can make a mess. It was awesome. And so we're making pizzas and cheeses flying all over the place, pepperoni and pineapple, you know, stuff stuck to the bottom of my shoes, and it's on the floor. And there's a guy there, his name is Clark, and he was there, and he's got OCD. And he was so stressed out the whole time as I'm making these pizzas. He's going, man, you got, you're getting cheese on the floor. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. We'll clean it up later. And we're, we're making the things because I had a rhythm. And I was violating his rhythm. It was a disruption. But today, I want to talk to you about God's rhythms because not all of our rhythms are God's rhythms, right? We have to be very intentional to get onto God's rhythms. They're not just natural to us, right? But when we get involved with them, they become natural. 
And then pretty soon they become part of our own rhythm. And as we get that kind of rhythm, we get really great results. But when we insert our rhythms and they supersede God's rhythms, then we have problems. We're living in a day to day where we are seeing a lot of problems in our society because people have chosen their own rhythms. They've chosen their own rhythms. And so today I want to talk to you about the sacredness of the created life. The sacredness of the created life. The life that God created for us. Our physical life and the life that we live. That God wants us to get on his rhythm with how we do life so that we can be co-creators with him. Not puppets that just walk around and are like little robots taking orders from God. But as people who engage with God to find his heart, to find his rhythm, to create the kind of life we were intended to have. Some of us have gotten off that rhythm and God is Wooing us back to his rhythm, rhythms. That's why some of you are here today. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you've just been new, you're kind of new to church and you, this doesn't all make sense to you yet. But there's a reason that you're here. It's because there is a longing in every human being to be in sync with the rhythms of their creator. Because we have into our DNA an intentional rhythm that God wants us to connect to. And so we're gonna explore a little bit about that by going back to the first story or to the beginning in Genesis chapter one. And we're gonna explore a few things, but let me give you a little context. As we explore this created intentional rhythm of life, I want you to know that this story that was written explaining the creation was written during a time when there was a narrative from the Babylonian Empire that communicated that the earth was formed out of a war between the gods and the heavens. And the earth was the byproduct, and creation here on earth was the byproduct of a cataclysmic event, a fight, discord, stress, not intentional. It was the byproduct of chaos. And so the common narrative with many of the people that would read this story in the day that it was written would have this framework that it's a free for all. Everyone chooses their own way, their own path. This is where after all the world was created out of chaos. So there is no order, there is no rhythm, there is no path to follow, everybody does what is right in their own sight. As you can see, that could create a real problem. It's interesting that when you find the rhythms of life, how things start to make sense. And so let's go to Genesis chapter 1. We start to see this sacred rhythm of the creation of life, starting with verse 1. It says that in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then he said, let there be light. And there was light. 
And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and the morning came, marking the first day. So we see a couple things here. Is that, first of all, God's looking down at the earth and it's without form and it was void. It was dark. Darkness hovered over the face of the earth. And so God basically had a blank slate. He had a blank slate and he began to call forth light and began to start his creation. And all of us have, in a sense, we have a blank slate when we're born. We have a a canvas, if you will. We have this sense of exploration and discovery as a child and we're looking at things and trying to understand how they all work and we look at little bugs and we, we, we look at the leaves on the trees and we see the caterpillars and, and we see how things roll and how you can throw things and how you can mold things and color things and shape things and, and rip things and break things and build things and all the things are starting to be discovered and So we basically have this blank slate, and we are hovering over this life, in a sense, and we are calling forth the creation, the creation that God has given us the liberty to create, a life, a future, a hope, and it's wired into our DNA and into our lives when he formed us that we be creators, okay? So this is the first day. The first thing he does is to call forth light. In other words, to be able to see what could be. The first thing that gets established in our life is light. We come out of the womb, and we see for the very first time. Light comes in. It's bright. And now we can see. We see our mother's face, we see the doctors, we see the lights, and it all begins. We all begins, we get to begin to create what it is, and the first thing we do is we fill our diaper. And uh, so we are creating from the very beginning, wow. <laughs> just automatically. I know that's a revelation to some of you, but I just thought I would share it. But the idea was, it's not an accident. You're not an accident. It doesn't matter if your mom or dad intended to have you, you're not an accident. You're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. Sometimes that reason, you don't know right away. In fact, many of you don't know why you're here yet. But as you pursue it, If you seek, if you knock, if you ask, you'll find it. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, seek, and knock, and you'll find that purpose. I was talking to a young lady. When she had her first child, she was a single mom. And uh, she was an addict. She had a problem with her life. And uh, I said, what turned you around? She goes, my son. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, 
when I realized that there was a life inside of me, it changed me. It changed what I wanted. It changed what I wanted to do. It changed who I wanted to be. I saw myself as being a mother. And she went on to explain a little bit more. I thought that was so powerful. It's like being aware that there was a created life within her. Not an embryo, a life put there by God. And it doesn't matter how that child got there. It's a life form from the very beginning. So let's go on to to see, let's go on a little bit further into Genesis and this creation story because he goes on to to make the the plants and then he brings on the animals and he's got the stars in the sky and all the different steps of creation and you see a rhythm. You see a rhythm, a cadence in how he created. And so when we talk about a sacred rhythm, there was a sacred rhythm of the created life from the very beginning. And so Jesus is, when he comes into the world, he is, he is helping mankind get back to that original intent in which they were created to be. Okay, so let's, let's go on to where in verse 26 it says this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make human beings in our image, to be like us. Who was he talking to? He was talking to the Trinity. It was a, a, a Trinity conversation, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The interesting thing about Genesis, if you study the, study the Hebrew words and how they're formed, there's a pattern of it throughout the whole, the first two chapters of Genesis, there is patterns of threes, sevens, tens, and elevens. All through that passage. So there's a rhythm. Even to the writing of the scripture, there was a rhythm that went through the whole thing. And one of those rhythms was the idea of three. Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image. In other words, if we're created in the image of God, then that means we're creators. We have the ability to create. There's a sacred desire to create life in every single person. And so whether you're making Legos as a child or you're planting plants in a garden, there is this desire from a young age to create something. My my granddaughter Hayden loves to play with dolls. She doesn't doesn't call them dolls. She calls them her children. There's this innate desire for her to be a mother, to mother those children. And she wants to create a life for these children. And it's, it's, it's put inside of her little spirit, inside of her heart, inside of her desires to create that. Jude wants to build cities. He wants to build houses and he, he wants to grow plants and flowers. And he's, when he comes to my house, he's constantly wanting to either plant flowers, pick flowers, or arrange flowers. He loves anything that grows that has colors. But he wants to create. He wants to create and put them in a vase and he wants to do all this kind of stuff. There's a natural desire to want to create. Because we were made in the image 
and the likeness of God. He says, let's make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and the wild animals of the earth and the small animals that scurry on the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. Now listen to this. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. So when you were born... You were created to be either a male or a female. For some reason, this is confusing today. Okay, now, one of the reasons it's confusing is, one, is people don't know the sacred rhythms of creation, of God. But two, we are living in a day where our feelings and our emotions are creating our truth. And unfortunately, feelings and emotions... Um, change with time, right? They're real. And sometimes we don't feel certain ways or we feel certain ways and we, we get disrupted. And we get, have you ever had fear and then you woke up and you realized that fear wasn't needed? It all just disappears. Have you ever had a desire you want to just punch somebody in the face? And then, maybe it's just me, I don't know. <laughs> you, and you just want to do that, right? But you, you, you use self-control and you choose not to operate on that feeling. And if you do, there's consequences that go involved with that, right? So we have to recognize we're living in a, a society, in a, in, a, in a world, we've always have, it's just more prevalent today because we have internet, we can see what everybody's doing, we hear what everybody's saying, and all these kinds of things, and we're scrolling and list, watching endless videos on TikTok or uh, uh, InstaFace and all, you know, all, all that stuff, right? And, and so, so <laughs> there's these, these things that we're seeing and hearing and all these kinds of things that, that are... That are you know, making us think certain things and feel certain things. And, but so these feelings, okay, feelings are important. And I, you've heard me say this before. Feelings are to alert you. They're not meant to guide you. You don't learn truth from feelings. You learn truth from wisdom. You learn truth from God's word, you learn truth from the absolute, so you, but not from feelings, because feelings shift, they change, okay? And so what we have to do is we have to remind our kids, you know, when you have little kids, sometimes they get so mad, they don't know how to express their anger, and so they'll say, I hate you. Do they really mean that they hate us? Okay? Well, if they hate you, you should just get rid of them, Right? <laughs> Because who wants to have a kid that hates them, right? Just get rid of that kid. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. And so feelings are meant to alert us that something's wrong or something's really excitingly right, but they're not meant to direct our decisions, especially when we are young. 
And so as we get older, our feelings changes, we get new information. And, you know, this is the truth is, is that when we get more information about certain things, it changes our perspective. You know what I mean? And so we have to be very careful that when we are talking about the created life and being intentional with finding God's rhythm, that we don't allow our feelings to create our rhythms or our patterns for livings or our decisions, okay? So in this passage, we find something very clear from the Scripture that God created us male and female. So you may not feel male, you may not feel female, but he created you male or female, period, okay? And how you feel is important. We need, to, we need to talk about that. We need to explore that and find out why do I feel this way and will this change or whatever. But when you make decisions that are permanent based on your feelings, then you have to live with that, okay? Now, sometimes we get out of rhythm, not just with this area, but there's a lot of areas. Every single person here is out of rhythm in some area of their life when it comes to the things of God. All the time. And so really what God does is he gives us an area where we're out of rhythm to work on. And so what we have to do is we have to learn that we have to get back into rhythm. And this is the whole plan of God, is that when we cross the line or we get out of rhythm, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We call this repentance. And this is how we get back into the rhythm with the things of God. So no, no shame. I mean, just because you did something that hurt you or hurt somebody else, it doesn't mean you can't get back on rhythm with God. But you also shouldn't take it lightly and say, oh, I can do this and I can just get back in rhythm with God. No, there's consequences that happen to you and also happen to others and some that you can't undo. And so we have to remember that when we are raising our kids, we have to teach them that emotions don't make our decisions for us. Give it some time. We'll check back when you're 21 years old and see if you still feel the same way. Okay? But as for right now, we're just going to sit and we're going to learn how to have our emotions be agile. We're going to, we're going to embrace those emotions. We're going to feel the emotions and we're going to sit with them for a while. And we're going to explore them. And why do I feel the way that I feel? What does God say about it? What do my parents say about it? What does life say about it? Notice I didn't say, what does school say about it? Okay? So what we have to do is we have to be people who are wise and that we are allowing ourselves to guide our kids and ourselves back into the rhythms, the sacred rhythms of the created. I kind of got off a little bit on that. All I meant to say was, God created them male and female, and I ended up there. Okay. <laughs> now, notice there's a, another rhythm that he, when we get down to verse 28, he goes on to say, God bless them after he created them. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So what um, God is, is showing us here is that being fruitful and multiplying is a good thing. Filling the earth means, is, means have kids, have children. And uh, there's a rhythm here. 
Now, not everybody's going to have kids, uh, and not everybody's going to get married. But there is a sustainable way of the earth being. It's when male and female come together, and they make a family. And then they have a child. And then that child grows up with the lessons learned from mom and dad, okay, as they have followed the rhythms of God. And as they have followed the rhythm of God, they pass it on to their children, and their children take it to the next level. If you notice that our understanding of God and how God works, it has changed or it's evolved, it's it's gotten more and more refined as time goes on because people are beginning to understand more and more how God works and how much he loves us and how much he cares for us and how powerful it is when we follow his rhythms. The ancient traditions, the ancient uh, rhythms of life, life goes well, okay? Jesus comes along and he tells us, honor your father and mother, he tells us this. This is a rhythm. He's getting us on track with that rhythm so that we can create the kind of life that is sustainable. And so here we are. We are learning these sacred rhythms of life. And so when he says, be fruitful and multiply, feel the earth and govern it, he says, live with purpose. Live with intentionality. You have a mission, and it is to take care of this planet and take care of your family, build a family, and let life continue on. Just as I created you, now you create life. But we do it his way. Let's continue to read on. In Jeremiah chapter 1, we find that the, the prophet is being spoken to by God. And God is speaking to Jeremiah, and he's letting Jeremiah know something. He says that, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Now, not all of us are going to be prophets, but every one of us was God knew before we were even in the womb. And he knew exactly what your potential was. He knew exactly what he wanted you to do on this planet. And it's up to us to recognize that even before we were in the womb, God knew who we were. That's why the womb is sacred. That's why life is sacred. It doesn't start at the first breath. It starts the second the seed and the egg have come together. That's when the life comes. That's when the spark of life takes place. And so we hold that life sacred. And it's, uh, in Psalms 139, it's in verse 13, it says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was even born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So as we have 
children, as we raise our kids up and we teach them the rhythms of life and we teach them that before they were even in the womb, God knew who they were. Then all of a sudden, that awareness, what Pastor Taylor talked about last week is the uh, understanding about the presence of God, knowing that the presence of God is with you everywhere you go. We want to raise our kids up knowing that. We want to raise them up intentionally, understanding honor. We want them to understand holiness. We want them to understand the ways of God are different than the ways of this world. Just recently, I was with... um, with somebody that was struggling with addiction and, and they got their uh, opportunity to be in a, in a housing situation where uh, they would be safe off the streets and all those kinds of things. And one of the person that oversees uh, the front entrance of the place was working there and uh, he walks into the place with this resolve that he wants to get himself clean. And he wants to get back into rhythm with the things of God. And he doesn't want to do the drugs. He doesn't want to live on the streets. He doesn't want to be living a life of crime. He doesn't want to be living a life outside of what he knew from the time he was a child to be. And uh, so he walks in and he says, hey, I'm, I'm looking for some support um, I want to get clean. I want to get off drugs. And, uh, and I, want to, I want to know, is there any resources for me? Is there, is, there, is there some places I can go? Can I get some support? Can you help me with that? I said, well, no, we really don't. We, we don't do that. But, you know, if it doesn't work out for you, we are going to have an opportunity. We have, um, we have crack pipes. We have foil. And we have this and that. So if, if it doesn't work out for you, don't worry, we got you. Okay. Uh, does that make sense? Okay, does it make sense to anybody? <laughs> it doesn't make sense, does it? Because that's not how we were created to be. It's not in the image and likeness of God. And here we have an opportunity to get free, to get back in rhythm. And then somebody says, here's some foil. Here's a crack pipe. And literally, here's some drugs. Folks, we're living in a day and age where we can't mess around anymore. We can't mess around anymore. But we can't point the finger at the world, at what the world's doing. We got to start taking a look at ourselves and say, are we raising up our kids in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. Is that what we're doing, okay? So we got to get back to the sacred rhythms. And the sacred rhythms acknowledge the fact that God intentionally created us. He intentionally, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, the result of just this big crash in the heavens with the two gods that were in a fight and couldn't get along. That's not how we came about. We came about by a heavenly father that intentionally made us from the beginning. He knit us together in the womb. He said that that he has a call on our life and that he has ordained us to go out there and make a difference in our world. 
So when we start looking at what we're going to do to contribute to the, the issues and the problems that we see today in our today's society, the first thing that we got to do is take a look at the family unit. God brings man and woman together. They have children, and that family unit is what sustains us. A lot of our problems are coming because dads are not taking their responsibility and leading their families. They're not. But if a man will answer to the call of God to say, I'm going to step up to the plate and lead my family in the things of God, then all of a sudden we get back into the rhythm. Did you know that a high, the highest percentage of kids that stay in, uh, in church and stay with their faith are the ones whose dads served the Lord? The ones whose dad had a regular rhythm of serving the Lord. And so, but if the mom serves the Lord and she's doing it, it's, it's like 20% lower. It's different. It's interesting. There is some sort of impact that the male voice or the male model does for them. Now, that doesn't diminish the woman's role. It just means that there's a powerful thing about men. And so when men are, are intentionally creating the life for their family, when they're intentionally creating the life for their marriage, when they are intentionally creating for the future with the intentions of finding the rhythms of God, the success of the children going on to serve the Lord is far higher. And so this is, a, this is really a call to all of us to jump in to the sacred rhythms that God has for us. Now, one of the things that came to my mind is, is that when I was looking through all these scriptures and everything, I was thinking about how when Jesus came, he said that I came to seek and to save that which is lost. He also said that I came to set captive people free and to preach liberty to those that are abused and hurt and wounded. He came to set captive people free. And so what was he doing? What was he doing is he was looking to see what he had created and what they had built was misfiring. And they had to get it back into rhythm with a love-centered compassion that says that we're going to honor our father and mother. We're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we're going to honor God with everything that we do. And so Jesus comes, and then he literally dies for all of the lack of rhythm that we have in our life, the sin that's in our life that throws us out of rhythm with God. And he dies, and he pays a price for it. And he says, look, you no longer are going to be held accountable for your sins. I'm going to forgive you your sins, but I need you to follow me. Some of you, us today, we're out of rhythm. We've been out of rhythm with our kids. We've been out of rhythm with our lives. We've been out of rhythm with our morals. We've been out of rhythm with our plans for our lives. And it's time to get back into rhythm. How do you get back in rhythm? Follow Jesus. He'll get you on the rhythm. He'll teach you how to forgive. He'll teach you how to love instead of take. He'll teach you how to be free instead of being in bondage. 
He will teach you how to follow instead of being pushed and driven. He'll teach you how to get back on to the rhythms of life. Earlier, Pastor Taylor was saying there's somebody here that's had decades of being out of rhythm. It doesn't matter if it's decades or it's minutes. The word tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you just close your eyes right now and look within yourself and ask yourself this, are you in the created rhythm of life? Or are you out of, out of rhythm? Is there an area of your life that you feel is throwing you off? Are there some regrets? Are there some things in the past that you go, man, man, paying a price for that. Really hard when I look back at it. God doesn't want you to keep staring at that. He wants you to acknowledge that there's another path, another rhythm. And as he shows you that rhythm and he shows you how to get on it, you don't have to kick yourself. You don't have to beat yourself. You don't have to disqualify yourself because he hasn't. Just get on the rhythm. Get on the flow. Get on the path. And then start creating intentionally the rhythm of life for your kids, for your grandkids. You get back on it. God will start helping you help others. Folks, this is what Christians are for. Help people get back on rhythm. Not to complain because people are out of rhythm. People are out of rhythm because they don't have God. And when they don't have God, you shouldn't expect them to be in rhythm with God. And some of us are holding people to a God rhythm that are godless. You don't hold people to God rhythms that are godless. You win them to God. You win them to God. Some of us need to have conversations with the ones that we love and introduce them. Bring them to church. Let them meet Jesus. Say a prayer with them. Ask them, hey, you ever had an encounter with God before? I'm kind of feeling like you're about ready for one. You ever want one? Let me know. I can show you how to get one. Help them get back on rhythm with the way they were created. Because before they were even in the womb, God knew them. And he has a plan for them. Maybe you could be the one that helps them get back on rhythm. And that is one of the sacred, created rhythms of life. 
is helping people get back onto the rhythm of life. Because Jesus said, go, make disciples. Go everywhere, make disciples. So I invite you into this rhythm of life. Just by saying, yes, I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll knock until the doors opened. I'll seek until I find. I'll ask until I discover that sacred life, that sacred created life that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So if you're here today and maybe you just, you just like there's that area and you just know that if somebody prayed with you, you could help cross that line. You could get back onto that track, get back into that rhythm. I would love for you to come forward and receive prayer. We're going to have our prayer partners at this time. If you'd all stand up to your feet, our prayer partners are going to be coming down to the front and we'd invite you. If maybe you've never chosen to follow Jesus or maybe this is kind of all new to you and you, you just think, man, I want to get started with this sacred rhythm. I invite you to come. These prayer partners would love to pray with you. They got a little book that can help get you started. Or maybe there's an area that you need to jumpstart that you know that you're kind of like on the fast track going downward on a downward spiral and you want off. Come up. They've got a lot of experience being off track and getting back on track and they can help you out with that. Lord, I pray for this congregation right now. I pray that as they go, that not only would they find the rhythm of the created life, God, but they would also help others find it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. God bless you. See you out in the foyer.